Hello, and welcome to another episode of the CMO Alliance podcast, CMO Convo. Like always, we're diving into a conversation with a CMO on what's needed to succeed in marketing. Today's guest is Charla Murty Kaushik, is the CMO for HFS Research and an award-winning content creator. We're discussing three core pillars of the CMO role, strategy, skills, and smiles. This episode brought to you by Deep Crawl. Savvy CMOs know that SEO has never been a more important part of their marketing mix. Ranking at the top of Google search results has a direct impact on revenue by lowering customer acquisition costs, but content and keyword optimization is only part of the picture. Following recent search engine updates, your overall website health and technical performance are key to ranking well in 2021 and beyond. With DeepCrawl's all-in-one technical SEO and website health platform, your team will have the tools it needs to track your website's technical performance, improve page ranking, and stay top of mind with customers by staying top of the search results in Google. Join leading brands who already use DeepCrawl, including teams at Adobe, eBay, Twitch, PayPal, Microsoft, and Canva. Visit deepcrawl.com to ensure your brand reaches its full revenue potential through the one initiative most marketing teams overlook, technical SEO. Hi, Nishjala. How are you doing today? Welcome to CMO Convos. Hey, Will. Uh, nice to talk to you, and I'm excited about doing this conversation with you today. Oh, me too. Me too, definitely. It's, uh, we're kind of doing a sort of overall umbrella look at the role of the CMOs, which we're, we're breaking down to three categories. It's strategy, skills, and smiles, which is always a nice thing to have included in these kinds of conversations. Um, but before we get down to that, maybe um, it'd be a good idea if you introduce yourself to the audience, tell us a bit about your professional background and uh, your current role as a CMO. Absolutely. Uh, so my name is Dishla Murthy Kaushik and I'm the Chief Marketing Officer at HFS Research. Um, I love my name. Uh, and to be honest, I've just met uh, two people in my entire life who shared the same name. Uh, and uh, I have to thank my father for that. So the reason I'm talking about name uh, is that, you know, I think very early on, I realized that, um, you know, standing out or, you know, sort of having a unique and distinct identity to yourself is powerful, uh, you know, and, and that's really um, seeded the thought of, you know, how a personal brand or branding or the importance of name uh, can actually make a huge difference in life. Um, so today as the chief marketing officer, I'm responsible for the global marketing function, which covers marketing strategy, uh, brand, content, marketing operations, corporate communications, um, social media, and uh, events, both digital, hybrid, and hopefully very soon we'll be doing live events across the world. And I'm really looking forward to that. I also champion the Charter of Diversity and Inclusion, uh, which is a theme core to HFS values. Uh, and uh, I'm excited to um, you know, be leading that because I think there's no better time than now for us to actively a look at how we as organizations or as an industry can promote the case and cause of diversity and inclusion. Uh, in terms of my professional background, uh, you know, I've always been excited by doing new and diverse things in my life, and that's fueled my career uh, for more than two decades. Uh, as a result, um, it's taken me across the world to exciting and interesting destinations in the US, Europe, and of course, you know, many parts of India for work assignments. Uh, so in terms of my work, I usually like to call it as the first 10 years, the next 10 years, and these 10 years. Uh, the first 10 years is where I actually started off my career on the technology side for um, IT uh, service provider based in India. 
uh, and uh, my role was basically around technology solution development, which included things like programming, uh, designing software solutions, uh, and sort of, you know, deploying them and maintaining them for clients. Um, and I worked with clients back primarily in the banking and financial services sector. So that was kind of, you know, interesting and important from understanding clients and the industry and, you know, getting into depth of knowing what a customer really needs and wants. Uh, and the reason I'm mentioning that is, and I think that's very important in the role that we all play as CMOs, right? Uh, firstly, in terms of just understanding and knowing your customer and where they're coming from. Um, I also was fortunate, uh, you know, that during the course of my, um, the first 10 years, I, I was lucky to have the opportunity to play diverse roles. Uh, so I also moved after a stint in technology, I moved to consulting and strategy where um, I worked with clients again to develop their own strategy and, uh, you know, the consulting roadmap and stuff like that. Um, and, um, you know, I have the simple philosophy that, you know, every three years, uh, you either change your role, your team, your boss or company. And, and the reason I'm saying that it is it is important for your own learning and uh, growth and development as a as a working professional. Uh, the, the other good thing is I think by virtue of consciously making those transitions, um, I've had exposure to diverse cultures, uh, global companies, uh, you know, different work environments, um, different worldviews and ways of working, which I believe has strongly shaped my career and outlook on life. The next 10 years uh, or the second decade, as I call it, was primarily focused on work around technology innovations. Uh, and process innovations and, you know, uh, business innovations, right? So it was really where I was involved in looking at how can we do different things either for our company or for the clients. Uh, and that was an exciting phase because I was part of, um, uh, you know, a couple of intrapreneurship programs where you have the opportunity to work in a corporate, but run as a startup. So that was another exciting phase because I understood uh, the innovation life cycle, so to speak, and how you can sort of take a small nebulous idea or like, you know, really, which is a seed and then take it up to, you know, uh, you know, a big tree or, you know, sort of, you know, get it to flower, right? So that process or that journey of creating something has always excited me and, and fascinated me. And then these 10 years is, is really about, you know, I think uh, using all my knowledge and experience of the last two decades and, you know, putting it all together in the role of the CMO, which I'm currently playing and see how we can sort of, you know, make a mark um, as a company or as a respected voice in the industry uh, as we move forward. So, um, you know, that's, that's really, um, you know, you know, sort of a story from a, from a, you know, time travel perspective. <laughs> awesome. Um, so do you think all these access to the, these diverse roles, does it give you a certain philosophy that you take into uh, being the CMO? Like, is that, is there a certain like idea that you built your, your role around, like a core concept? Absolutely. So I think, like I said, all those little experiences and those, you know, diverse roles um, have given me, I think, a, you know, a good understanding of uh, one, uh, learning, unlearning and relearning, because, you know, when, when you change roles, 
uh, there's always a learning which comes with you know um, how you evolve and i think that's a very very important thing for us as as marketers right and especially if you look at the time that we are in which is 2021 Uh, the entire world has changed in the last 18 months so you know um, our ability as marketers or you know as cmos or marketing leaders to uh, one uh, sort of you know just be aware of the nuances of change uh, and then respond to it in a way which is uh, which which makes business sense is extremely um, uh, important uh, but if you look at you know my my philosophy of you know the cmo and you know what is important um, I, i'd say you know uh, you know first is you know i think every cmo or a marketing professional is um, a customer champion or should be a customer champion which means your customer should be at the heart of everything you do uh, it might not be possible always but at least in terms of intent you know if you're if you're doing uh, any activity or any marketing tactic any marketing program any strategic marketing initiative that you're running uh, it should be somewhere pivoted on your customer right so that's that's one uh second second and i think is very very important more in today's era is that um you know i honestly look at my role and i've always looked at my role as a business partner right uh, which means we are you know i i i envision my role as a growth enabler to business uh, and and you know i think a lot of organizations and a lot of people tend to look at marketing and marketing function as business support uh, i think there's a huge difference when you shift your own lens uh from you know you know being a support function to being a business partner uh, and the minute you look at yourself as a business partner i think that's when you truly think about business growth uh you know and when i say business growth i i believe that as a cmo it is important to have a long term strategy and plan which is at least you know 80% aligned to business priorities yeah you cannot go off in a very different tangent from what your business or your ceo wants to do which i know a lot of marketers and cmos generally uh, sort of you know make that mistake right like you're not 100% aligned with what your business wants to do uh, so i think that's another very very important philosophy which i've uh, embraced uh, in all the marketing roles that i have played uh, the third and very important thing is i think every cmo needs to uh, embrace storytelling as a way of brand communication right so uh, i do think Uh, i you know i was actually hired to play the role of the chief storyteller for the company before i took on the role of the cmo right so in some sense for me every cmo is also the chief storyteller of the brand and the business uh, and it is very very important for us to um, consciously you know look at how we could bring creative storytelling uh, in everything we do uh, so that's that's another sort of uh, important aspect that i think you know we should be mindful of as cmos a uh, couple of other things too one is i think you know uh, importance of data right i think we are living in an era where oh, you know everything can be measured uh, you know gone are the days when marketers or cmos could get away with vanity metrics and you know you know soft qualitative stuff like hey you know what this campaign has done well um, i think i think you know we should fall in love with data right and and we should we should always ask the tough questions where we are compelled to go and look at data uh, because data always show great insights um, and data cannot lie the only time when data lies is when 
the quality of data that you have put in is not right. Uh, but otherwise, every time you know, data gives you a picture, which is, which is what it is, you know. So, and that is important for us as as marketers or CMOs to have. Um, other two very important one is I think um, embrace technology. Uh, you know, there are you know eight thousand marketing platforms and solutions which are available and it's such a complex ecosystem and landscape of martech which is available for all of us uh, and uh, that can be mind-boggling but i just feel uh, as cmos once we know our customer what our customer wants once we know what the business priorities are uh, we should be reasonably, reasonably quickly able to at least have a view of what kind of MarTech solutions, platforms, products make sense for us to achieve what we set out to do. Uh, so I think that's another extremely important aspect. Last, which I said is I think you need to be an eternal student, uh, you know, as a, as a CMO, because you need to be constantly, you know, absorbing, you know, reading, learning. Uh, and staying abreast of what's happening, both in terms of industry, uh, you know, marketing, um, you know, your customer, customer behaviors. Uh, so, so it's just need to have a curiosity for learning and sort of, you know, reading and, uh, you know, just, you know, getting on the go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's interesting you, you ended with the, the being a student, because I think a lot of marketers are, marketers and CMOs are currently having to learn completely new practices to to develop strategies into market in, in today's world um not just in terms of like countries that are still struggling with the the pandemic in major ways but also countries that are, that are moving out of the pandemic that are lifting restrictions um where i'm in the uk where we're we're looking forward to july 19th when apparently they're, they're lifting all the restrictions at once but then how do you plan ahead how do you how do you understand what your customers are going to be like how do you understand what your consumers are going to be like in that post-pandemic world like the, that as you said like the past year past 18 months has changed the world completely so i think that, that that'd be a nice uh, nice segue there into the idea of how can you develop strategies for the coming year what what should cmos be focusing on like what, what are you focusing on um and and why sure so i'll just give that in two perspectives one is what is it that how do you define um, the marketing strategy, right? Uh, mm -hmm. uh, I would just say, you know, a few basic tenets, which are again, you know, linked back to what I said before. Uh, know your customer, you know, you know, make the effort or take the effort to know your customer, their challenges, their priorities, and most importantly, their content, content consumption patterns. Yeah, uh, it is very, very important to understand, uh, you know, what is it that they want or what is kind of, you know, giving them sleepless nights. Uh, and I think as a marketer, it is important to know that because that's when you can kind of, you know, define or run a campaign or create content which can resonate with them. Uh, and there are a couple of ways to do that, right? Uh, and I think one of the, you know, sort of least used ways is uh, from, from marketers is ask your customers, talk to your customers, right? Uh, uh, and there are not too many marketing professionals who interact directly with customers. Uh, obviously there are nuances based on industry, geography, organization, culture, um, you know, um, you know, um, uh, you know, whether you're a B2B or a B2C, whether you're a product or a services company, uh, there are multiple nuances, but either which way, uh, there are always ways and means to 
sort of just check the pulse of your customer. So I think I think one easy way to do it is ask them. Uh, so in terms of what we are doing, that's something which you know I'm doing as the CMO of HFS, where I'm trying to talk to customers and you know get their feedback on um, you know you know things from how do they like our website uh, to what would they like to see it at, at an event, right? Or when would they like to attend a, a HFS a live event, right? Uh, to what kind of content is some is of interest to them, uh, or what kind of content they would like for us as an analyst firm to produce, right? So that's very, very, very important. Uh, that's that's number one. Second is I think stay close to business, uh, have a seat on the business table, right? Um, it cannot be that you know you are getting information five days after everything, all the decisions have been made. Uh, you know, so as the CMO, it is extremely important for you to understand how your CEO or the board or you know the executive leadership team is thinking about business and strategy and um, the future, right? Because again, like like I said before the marketing strategy cannot be independent of business strategy. Uh, so, you know, it is very, very important to look at, uh, you know, um, the business strategy. So in our case, uh, to be very honest, Will, uh, we had an annual research agenda, which we used to draw out at the start of every year. Uh, but given the global situation, given that our clients' needs and priorities and what they expect a research firm to produce is changing, right? Uh, so what does, how do we respond to those changing customer needs? Uh, so a couple of things we are doing, right? One is we are also reviewing the research agenda every quarter, which means um, we are looking at, hey, you know, is this, is this topic of research that we are publishing something which our clients would like to read about now? Um, or is it something which is just not of interest to them, which, which means that we might need to reprioritize what we put out, let's say, this quarter. Yeah, uh, you know, that is one. The second one is, as we interact with clients, we understand uh, how they would like to con consume what we have to provide. Uh, and then there are also some existing gaps, uh, you know, which they are looking for an analyst firm like ours to um, provide. So we are also looking at launching new offerings. Uh, you know, like one of the offerings that we're launching is around sourcing advisory, where we're advising uh, large companies on how could they serve, you know, source technology service providers for different strategic digital transformation projects. Uh, and because most of them, most of the clients across the world, the large organizations are looking at digital transformation um, as an important priority for them to work on. Uh, but the question is always, you know, who is the right service provider to help me or to partner with me on this digital transformation journey? Uh, and, uh, you know, when you're unsure, I think most of us, whether we are businesses or individuals, we always like to go to a trusted, uh, independent, third party uh, sort of, you know, voice uh, and say, hey, can you give me some perspectives or can you, you know, just directionally give me some clarity on how I should be approaching this or give me a short list of three, three you know, providers or three solutions I can use um, for a requirement like this. So we are, we are kind of, you know, constantly scanning the market, listening to customers and, you know, coming up with new um, solutions and, and, and offerings. Uh, so in terms of our own strategy and uh, roadmap, well, what, what I've uh, sort of, you know, looked at for this year, to be very honest, is, uh, you, know, you know, have a marketing vision, um, have sort of, you know, a strategy of where you'd want to go directionally. 
uh, but you know every other element of what we do as a marketing function is on a quarterly basis right which means you know we look at what is it that we'd like to do for this quarter whether it is from a business perspective whether it is from a customer perspective or whether it is from a brand perspective uh, and then you know we we look at um, you know prioritizing what is important for us every quarter and and then working on it um of course you know um i i love data and you know i i love to use data as the front and center for decision making uh and that's something which you know i think most cmos do and or most cmos should do if they aren't but you know decision making based on data is always um a good way to you know you know course correct and make changes um so even if you look at our social media strategy we review it every week we look at how uh you know our clients are responding the ecosystem is responding to some of the content that we put out there uh and then course correct in real time right maybe something is not working maybe it's not great to put out something at a particular time of the day so you know just thinking about different nuances of what you're doing uh and then trying to look at the most effective way to uh you know uh build that out so those are some of the um, you know um, you know things that um, we're looking at uh, the other one which i strongly believe as a cmo is it is important to have one high impact initiative every quarter uh, you know uh, you know you might be doing hundreds of things but you know there should be one initiative which is like really uh, you know sort of your 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 ultimate high uh, for the quarter so so in june i think i mentioned to you when we spoke last we hosted our first ever one office uh, digital symposium uh, and that that you know i call it a digiganza i think it was wonderful the way it uh, it ended up but you know it was just the energy and the passion and um you know it it all just came together as a as a beautiful orchestra and you know um you know it it was it was wonderful because we had all all sort of you know parts of marketing working together right whether it was social media events uh martech you know the platforms we were using technology uh the whole team came together you know campaigns uh you know email communications uh so you know one one sort of high impact initiative which really furthers your brand and business every quarter i think is a good way to kind of you know make sure that your you know you know having a strong impact um every every quarter uh and that's really significant um you know and your clients are also watching them right so that's that's how i look at it digiganza i like that that's a that's a great word i really like that um so in terms of these high impact things um these high impact activations um i i think a lot of cmos and a lot of marketers are feeling a bit wary about pushing ahead with those kinds of things in in light of everything that's happened in in the past 18 months is that is that wise for us to be cautious or are we being overly cautious when it comes to those kinds of things like do you, do you advise ambition in should we be aiming for big things in a post pandemic world or is it wise to just reel things back and wait until you see how the lay of the land looks i think ambition is always good uh, personally <laughs> i think you should be ambitious because if you're not ambitious then uh, i mean you know tomorrow you know everything is questionable right uh, hmm. uh but um i think i think i would answer that question saying that i think it depends on the industry you are in uh you know the geography you are in uh, right and you know sort of um, whether you're a product or service or a platform uh you know and you know it it, it needs to be a very sort of you know um thought out and comprehensive approach 
maybe for some industries, uh, you know, for some kind of products or services, uh, being ambitious is not the right time, right? Because you are, um, you know, you know, the cash reserves are low, uh, you know, you know, business, many businesses are, in, you know, just survival uh, mode. So, you know, embarking on very um, expensive marketing programs or projects might not be welcome. Uh, but I also believe that that gives you as an opportunity as a marketer to wear your creative uh, thinking hats uh, and look at maybe no money marketing programs, which, um, you know, sort of still help further the brand and the business, but you keep the costs at optimum level. Yeah. Uh, and that's not easy uh, because, you know, uh, you know, you know, it's a fundamentally different way of thinking uh, and it's a fundamentally different skills required to act on those um, sort of, you know, grand plans. Uh, but, you know, if you don't have an option, then you have to do something, right? <laughs> so if you have the money, your CEO and the business is growing and they're happy to put all the dollars, then I'd say go for it. Uh, but if there's a general sentiment of being cautious and, you know, business is not doing well, uh, then I, I wouldn't say, you know, to go and ask for millions of dollar budgets for uh, running high impact marketing programs because, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, I, I suppose it, it's taken a lot of um, a lot of a lot of relearning processes. If you if you're in a, an industry that's previously had like ample resources, say like say like the tourism industry that's been hit yeah. really hard in the last year, then yeah. completely completely had to change how they market, completely change how they just survive. And those those skills might take a lot of relearning for CMOs, um, like going from a resource poor. Well, a resource-rich environment to a very, very resource-poor environment takes a lot of relearning, and you have to do it very quickly. And you mentioned that the, the relearning as being an essential skill of a, of a CMO. Is that is that something that you had to learn to do, or is it something you've always held, had this like an inherent thing as 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 a marketer? Like, is it is it something that every CMO has naturally, or is it something you can learn to do? Uh, I, I don't know if every 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 human or every individual has it naturally, uh, you know. But I think I've always, as a person, and this is more me as an individual, not me as a CMO speaking. Uh, as an individual, I've inherently been been curious to learn new things, and uh, I think that has been part of uh, you know my my DNA and you know just what excites me as a person. Uh, but I also think looking back now, um, this whole this whole sort of concept of uh, changing or making a sort of career transition every three years, uh, I think inherently equipped me with some skills to uh, sort of, you know, uh, relearn and, you know, unlearn and, you know, get into a zone of skill upgrade um, very consciously because when you when you make switches, uh, you know, in, in two to three years, uh, you know, there has to be a learning process before you can perform at optimal level. Uh, so I think, you know, those multiple, uh, you know, six to seven transitions have helped me understand uh, the process in the way it works for me, right? And everyone's process of, um, you know, learning and unlearning and relearning is very personal, right? Like, you know, somebody can just snap out of it and, uh, you know, pick up something in, in a week, yeah? Uh, and some people, they can't do it for a lifetime, right? Because they just don't know how to do it. So... Um, I think a, a lot of it is, is personal, uh, but having said that, I think uh, it can be learned, right? It can be taught. Uh, uh, but then the point is, 
how do you do it or like you know how much importance you give to that learning process and what kind of resources do you tap into for that learning yeah uh, i do also believe there is there is value in formal learning uh, you know it is it is not always about uh, you know hey can i read something on youtube or can i just chat with a friend and you know try to learn uh you know let's say digital marketing or seo it doesn't work like that right uh, you know so a lot of the a lot of marketing marketing professionals um feel embarrassed you know to even say that they don't know some things right uh and i think you know you don't need to probably say to everybody that you don't know some things uh, but if you see a gap uh, you know the skill gap uh, in yourself i think you need to you need to put in the time and you know the money to you know uh, you know refresh or upgrade your skills uh, i i also uh, will i also interact with a lot of young students and you know young professionals and one thing which i which i strongly advocate is to do what i call an annual skill audit right which is you know you just look at your own skills and maybe skills of let's say um, you know you know peers or you know let's say you know um, you know somebody who is let's say 2 to 3 years ahead of you in the career path uh and you'll see there are always gaps in skills so um it is important to make that a little bit of a proactive um sort of you know self designed learning program uh, as opposed to waiting to be punched and then having no option and then you know you have to just learn everything in like you know very quickly well, well you mentioned um sort of formal learning uh, to fill these these skill gaps like what 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 did you find to be like the most important resources for from for upping your skill levels when you'd identified those gaps like was it was it going to your peers and your colleagues and asking them to work with your own skills or did you like actually take like courses or anything like that for certain skills so so to be very honest when when i took on the role of the cmo i i asked myself uh, what are some of the like you know evergreen life skills or leadership skills which um i need to probably strengthen um, and you know there were a bunch of them but uh, among the top 3 was you know you know public speaking and oral communication because i just feel as a leader that's one area that you know we can always get better on right uh, you know how do you connect with an audience uh, you know how do you get them to listen to you uh, how do you sort of you know get them to align to your vision and direction um, it is it is very very important especially in the pandemic world where uh you probably have 5 minutes sometimes to really you know get somebody on your side or you know sort of get them disengaged in what you have to say for the next 3 months right uh so communication is very very important so i signed up for a formal course uh, for a 3 day program where um you know i worked with uh, you know uh, a team who you know you know helped me in understanding my own communication uh you know uh, sort of you know patterns uh, what are some of the things which i can improve on uh and um, it was a pretty intense 3 day learning program uh, paid one <laughs> time off from work um but uh, you know the learning was phenomenal and what i realized is it was a it was a global team of about you know eight professionals all senior executives from across the world uh they were from different cultures different backgrounds uh, in different you know organizations uh, but they were all committed to learning uh you know so so all of them signed up there was nobody who like you know missed even a single class everybody came we all got homework everyone did all their homework everyone did all the practice exercises so um i'm saying you know after a stage in your career 
it it has to be professional learning you need to you know get trained with the expert or with a professional or with somebody who really knows the stuff uh, it cannot be with somebody who is you know just you know, sort of you know going to give you a little bit of information and let you fend for yourself it doesn't work yeah I mean, it's a lot easier to pick up bad habits doing that method as well um if you if you if you if you're going to appear who seems competent but they're really just getting by by the seat of their pants on certain skills and they, they teach you these these tips and stuff that work for them but they might not work for you as well and they might not be good habits really they could be just be yeah stopgap solutions um so it's that it sounds like a really positive experience um the public spe speaking uh, session was that was that the the main thing that you wanted to focus on or were there, were there other skills that you've you've been developing or, or, or do you have skills that you're developing right now what's what's next what, what are you going to scale up in next i think uh, um you know communication is something which um uh i i think is a journey and that's something which i will continue to focus on her honing and um, you know developing and strengthening as we move forward um i think the other one which i definitely you know um, would want to strengthen is um, you know around data science and analytics right in terms of how do we as cmos um, you know um, sort of you know you know be able to analyze uh, you know all the data that's thrown to us from multiple platform sources tools technologies and just kind of look at an integrated um, sort of you know uh, way of uh, you know making sense of all of it and uh, you know um, uh, you know making the right decisions uh, after that uh, but another skill will which i feel is very important for uh, for you know um, you know the the uh, the role that i play and the company i belong to is um, about um, uh, you know sort of uh, building high performing teams uh, in in this uh, environment right because we're all working in a virtual um, sort of you know hybrid um, environment uh, and um, you know the other interesting thing about thing about uh, today's work environment is um, you know the whole concept of a team has changed right uh, so earlier you know as a team you would probably be you know you know in one office interacting having a cup of tea and you'd stay with each other for a year or two years or whatever right uh now you know when you join a company you know all that changes is maybe your laptop <laughs> or maybe even your laptop doesn't change uh it's just the voices and faces that change nothing else really changes when when you talk about a new team uh, right uh, you just sleep one day you know you're an employee of company x and you wake up next day and you're in a company of employee y nothing else changes you're in your bedroom or in your study uh, and you know with the same laptop and it's just you're seeing a different face and a different voice right um uh, so so and for me also uh, personally uh, will uh, the my team composition um is culturally very diverse right now uh, and also very diverse in terms of just the age demographics right which means i have uh, somebody who's 20 years old who's fresh out of college uh, i have somebody who's 55 years old who is a grandfather uh, so <laughs> for me uh, you know i think the skill which the leadership skill which i need to develop is how do i kind of you know um, you know sort of build a team 
which is performing when we are all so diverse and distinct as individuals, uh, right? Uh, because the motivator of a 20-year-old is very different from the motivator of a 55-year-old, right? So, uh, you know, and, and that's part of my learning for this year that, you know, how do I, as a leader, um, you, know, uh, you know, build an environment where uh, one, uh, you, know, you know, people are genuinely motivated and passionate to do their jobs. Uh, and then also, how do they align to changing business priorities and uh, strategies uh, and, you know, yet deliver impact? Um, and I think that's, that's a skill which I think most managers across the world uh, are probably grappling with. It has nothing to do with being a CMO. It, I think it's just about leading or, you know, sort of, you know, working with people in uh, today's era. It's just our reality. It, 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 I'm kind of happy you, you, you mentioned sort of like the, the employee motivation because that, that does allow us to, to lead into our third S of the day, which is smiles. And <laughs> one of the things that a lot of workers have struggled with in the last year is employee happiness, is, is staying motivated. Like depression levels have increased massively because of the pandemic, because of people being stuck at home, um, not having the human contact and stuff. What can CMOs do as leaders to make sure their employees are happy and make sure they're motivated to do the work? Like, is, is, there, is there certain steps that you take to check in with your team or is it that can be applied to other, other, um, other CMO roles? Yeah, so there are a bunch of things which, uh, which I do and I'll just share a, a few of them, right? One is obviously for every single person who is working with me, I do um, a weekly check-in where um, you know, and, and by design, I structure that um, in such a way that about, you know, 40% of the time is is really about, you know, non-work conversations, right? Because uh, I do think it is important for people to, um, you know, just have those conversations um, with somebody who's not family, <laughs> right? Uh, because you are living with your family the whole, the whole time. So sometimes you know, even if it's like, hey, what did you have for lunch, right? Or, you know, how's the weather? Uh, I think those are just interesting, nice conversations. Um, you know, there are days when I'm, you know, really not interested in owning my video, to be honest, but I do feel that mandating it for some meetings is is very powerful because what I've seen happens is when, when you mandate that, you know, you have to be on video, uh, then, you know, people actually make the effort to, you know, at least look presentable, <laughs> put on a smile, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, kind of just look at another human being and, you know, you know, talk to them, engage with them. And that's, you know, at the end of the day, man is a social animal. So it is important for us to uh, connect and, you know, you know, just see the faces and see the smiles and exchange a few laughs and, uh, you know, sort of, you know, keep that human connect and conversation um, going. Um, I think, I think, I think beyond that also for leaders, it is important to, uh, you know, you know, like how there's so much importance to say, know your customer. Uh, I think it is important to know your people, right. Um, you know, uh, and, and, you know, sometimes you don't always need to ask the person, uh, you know, there is a network that is an organization. So, you know, you know, people share usually, right. So suppose I ask, Hey, what's Will's favorite color? I can ask Will or I can ask, you know, somebody else in the team. So, uh, you know, just little, you know, such, such, you know, knowing your, knowing your people and asking a thoughtful question about them. Uh, you know, like, like I said, I have, I have a very diverse team, right. Uh, you know, so 
somebody's uh, mother you know was not well and you know diagnosed with cancer somebody's other parent was um, having a, a health issue right so so the point is um can you can you ask the questions uh, can you sort of you know just be more um, sort of a better listener right uh, sometimes i think after an age of face i've realized most people realize that uh, you know the problems are not going to go away uh, you know and they'll take their time to resolve but i think just being an active listener or just sharing it with somebody um, i feel you know uh, you know is important uh the other interesting point that i want to make will is if i look at my own career of two decades uh i've had bunch of bosses okay there is only one boss who i i really value as a leader or i felt he made a difference in my life uh and the reason was when i was going through a personal difficult situation um he 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 used to just listen uh and he would always you know make the time to just check in on me right he would never give me advice he would never ask me any difficult unpleasant question he would only listen to what i had to say and he would just say hey are you are you okay right and i still remember him today he's the only person who comes to my mind when i'm having this conversation so i think i think people you know if if you if you're just doing your job as a boss which is or a leader giving work tracking what people are doing <laughs> expecting performance people will just deliver you know what they're supposed to do uh but if you want people to go extra mile be loyal to you be committed to you you know be motivated um i think there needs to be a level of you know you know connect uh, a level of trust and a level of confidence in each other that you know um you know sort of your one team or like your one unit right uh and and you know so in situations like this what happens as a consequence of having these conversations is if somebody is going through a difficult time right and somebody needs some time off needs some flexibility you allow for that right because you know you realize that people are going through their own their own struggles and i think just the loyalty and goodwill that uh, you as a leader you know amass by you know being there for your people at times when it makes a difference uh, they will always remember that yeah uh, so you know you know there are there are times when i'm really very uncomfortable asking people to let's say do some things outside of office hours or you know uh, do some things on weekends because you know everybody is really struggling to find that balance between work and home uh, but if it's important uh, and i just send them a request they do it they never ask me a question right and the reason the reason that sort of you know going that extra mile is because when they needed uh, you know some kind of support from let's say an organization or uh, from a leader you've given it to them so i feel i feel one uh, sort of you know listening is important two is communicating is important uh, and then also you know finding channels to connect and bond um, as a team so so we as a company are you know have these um, informal all staff socials where uh, you know we connect as a group and talk about things which has nothing to do with work so it could be like you know show me your pet today or you know bring your kids today or um, you know ask your spouse to say hi uh, or everybody dress up in green <laughs> you know it's just it's just something which uh, you know you know just just sort of you know helps people bond and connect beyond work and uh, just creates a more happier um, environment those are just some of the things but again uh, will you know this situation we are in the the dynamics and um, sort of realities we are all living in changes every day 
Uh, so like we respond to customers' needs uh, as leaders, we also need to listen to our employees and I think respond to, uh, you know, their changing needs. Uh, but I think in general, listening, uh, communicating, uh, and I think showing that you care um, is important and that can manifest in many different ways uh, because a little about it is your own personal style of, you know, how do you express and show emotions as a leader or an individual. Uh, but fundamentally, if you genuinely care, uh, people can sense it. So I think then they, they do, you, you know, respect and they do reciprocate to that sentiment. Definitely. Um, and I, I think having those kind of those staff socials as well gives people something to look forward to as well, especially if yeah. they've been stuck at home all the time. They've only seen certain faces in like a work context and stuff, or they've only seen certain, the only people they've seen in a social context are like their family as well. Like it's, it, it, you need those outlets as well. And having that something to look forward to, I think is a very important part of motivation and happiness. So perhaps as a final note, uh, Nishala, um, what are you looking forward to this year? What are you looking forward to working on? What are you looking forward to doing with your team? Like what, 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 what's the big project that you're, you're building up to that it's got everyone look, uh, excited? Yeah, so, um, you know, I like I said, you know, I've stuck with my philosophy of having one high impact quarter uh, sort of initiative every quarter. Uh, so, so the next thing which I'm looking forward to is we are planning to host our um, first ever live or hybrid event in New York in November. Uh, so I'm looking forward to, to that because I think it would be just fun to, you know, uh, hop on a plane and, you know, travel to New York and, you know, meet, meet um, everybody. Um, we're also launching a, an awards program. It's our first ever awards program where we are looking at recognizing organizations who are doing some super cool stuff in, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, digital transformation and uh, sort of, you know, just, you know, you know, uh, you know, does designing and innovating on emerging technology solutions. So uh, that's something which will culminate culminate in next February in London. So <laughs> that's the other sort of you know big thing that I'm that I'm looking forward to. Uh, and then we're also looking at doing something um, you know really exciting uh, in India. Uh, you know, uh, you know, mid next year. So uh, I really have work chalked out for me till <laughs> next June. <laughs> so it's gonna be busy times ahead. Yeah, but, but, better, but better to be too busy than not have anything to do at all, um, surely. Um, I agree. Yeah. Um, on that note, I think that's a, that's a great note to, to end on there, Nishla. Um, thank you very much for your, your time today. Um, really appreciate it. Some really cool stuff here. Um, I'm sure our audience appreciates uh, appreciate it as well. Um, I want to thank them for listening, and we'll be back soon with more CMO combos.